0: I want you to turn into Song of Solomon chapter 2 verses um, 10 through 12 and I'm you know I'm really hot up here so I'm I'm take this thing off whoo I put the AC on it still ain't helping me so I'm taking this off all right lowering. thank you so Song of Solomon chapter 2 verses 10 through 12 um, now This is something that God really put into my heart and, um, and I really pray that you receive this today. This is, this is the key. One of the, you know, there's keys to the kingdom, right? There's certain keys that you need in order to make sure that you receive everything that God has for you. And, um, this is so important what I'm gonna share with you today. So I want you to listen with both ears. Can you say amen? Whenever I say I want you to listen with both ears, I mean, with one ear, you're listening to me ministering the word. With the other ear, you're listening to what God is saying to you specifically. So um, I, I read the scripture before several weeks ago. I'm, re- I'm, I'm going I'm to read it again, but then I, I want to take you in a different direction. But it says there in Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses 10 through 12, it says, My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. And it says, for behold, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth again. And it says the time for singing has come. And the voice of the turtle dove, which is the love bird, is heard in our land. Now, you know that I, I released that prophetic word over you several weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. And I told you that your winter is over. I said that your season was changing. You remember that? Um, I stated that you were about to give birth to some dreams that you thought had been aborted, that were dead, and that were gone forever, right? And also mentioned that although you thought they were dead, that they were just hibernating for the winter, amen? I also told you that your season was changing and that flowers of blessings were about to appear in your life. Now, that was the prophetic word that I believe that was released over this house for you and for your lives, And this is the key that God spoke to me. He said, um, you have to make sure now that you protect the word that you received until it comes to pass. You have to protect it. All right. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Because if you don't protect the word that was given to you or that you received, if you don't protect it, then the devil will steal it from you. So you have to protect it. And that's what God said. He said, Tell the people, that's great that you received that word. Everybody said, Glory. Thank you, Jesus. I received that. That's great. But you have now you have to protect it. You have to protect it until it comes to pass. Because the word of God don't take place overnight. You know, there is a there's a, a process in between. There's a waiting time in between. And it's during that waiting time that most people lose that word or that word is stolen from them because when adversity starts hitting or things start happening that is contrary to that word right the devil can steal it from you you know what i'm saying so so you have to learn how to protect it like like a like a hen protects her eggs you got to learn how to protect the word of god now i'm gonna read this scripture to you in Psalms 105, verses 17 through 22, it says there, um, he sent a man before them, Joseph, right, who was sold as a slave. And the Bible says they hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons. See, I, wanna, I want you to understand something about Joseph, right? If you read the story of Joseph in, the, in Genesis, all it says is that, you know, He was sold as a slave. And next thing you know, he's in Potiphar's house. It doesn't talk to you about that little journey in between. Him being, you know, I'm sure walking in chains. From where they were in Canaan to Egypt. They don't talk about the fact that he was on an auction block. And people were bidding for him. You know, and then he went to the highest bidder, who was Potiphar. And then taken into Potiphar's house. See, so it just kind of skips over all that. <laughs> he sold as a slave. Next thing you know, he's in Potiphar's house. But there's a whole I mean there's a whole lot that went 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 along with that. And the Bible says they hurt his feet with fetters. So they put him in they put him in chains and it hurt him. He was laid in irons. And it says, until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him or it tested his belief in God's word. (laughs) See, until that word came to pass, all he had was the word of God and he had to against everything that he was experiencing. He had to hold on and protect the word that God gave him. That's all he had. Every, he was stripped of everything else. Co- coat of many colors is gone. You know, he's no longer in his father's house. He sold as a slave into Egypt. He ain't got nothing else but the word of God. That's it. I mean, his identity is gone. Everything. He's in a foreign land. All he got is the word of God. That's it. And you think you got it bad because you can't pay your life bill. <laughs> I mean, you know, this. Now he got he to he protect his word. That's all he got. And it says, you know, until the time that his word came to pass, now you know that he was, he was a slave for about 13 years. So this wasn't an overnight thing. I mean, we ready to give up if we don't get the word of we don't word don't come to pass in, in two months, we' ready to give up. He got to hold on to that word for 13 years. you imagine? And it says the king sent and released him, the ruler of the people, let him go free. He made him the lord of his house and the ruler of all his possessions to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his elders wisdom. And, you know, this is what I was thinking about when I started doing this this um, this message. You know, when Joseph dreamed that all his brothers would be bound before him, he never imagined that he would have to go through everything that he had to go through to see that happen. That's all he got. He got he got the dream. My brother's bound before me. That's all he got. That that's that's his word. And he I mean, God don't show him nothing else. He don't show that he's going to be a slave in Egypt. He don't show him none of that stuff. He just gives him the end end result, which is oftentimes what God gives you, the end result. You know, so I said, your winner is over. (laughs) He said, glory. Yes, my winner is over. But you know, but but now you don't you don't see none of that. I, you ain't hear none of this other stuff that's gonna happen in between. <laughs> you getting that word and your and your you experiencing your winner being over. <laughs> see, he never imagined that his brothers would throw him in a pit and plot about killing him. Can you imagine they throw him down in the pit? They start talking about killing him. You know, the Bible says that they sat down had lunch. got <laughs> in the pit, they eat lunch. And he started talking about maybe we should just kill him. You know, like I mean, like can you imagine hearing that up there? They eating lunch, talking about killing you. <laughs> he never imagined that he would be sold to Egypt as a slave by his very own brothers. He never even—he never imagined that. He got that dream. That—that that thought never entered his mind that this was going to happen. This could happen to me. He never imagined that he would go to prison as an accused rapist never thought that. He finally makes it into Potiphar's house. You know, he starts getting favor. Everything starts going well for him. He said, "Well, you know, at least I'm doing well here. You know, at least, at least I'm good here." Next thing you know, he's a, he's accused as a rapist and thrown to prison. You imagine him sitting there thinking, "Like, how can this happen to me? How, would you, how could you do? How could this happen to me?" But he, all he got is the word that he got to hold on to. And I put here, what he didn't realize was that all of that was necessary in order for him to get to the palace. See, there's no shortcuts. You know what I'm saying? He he had to go through. All of those things were necessary. If he did not go through every one of those things, he would have never been in a position to be in the palace. Never. All of those things that he went through were absolutely, even though they were horrible. And that's why the Bible says all things, not just some things. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to the called according to his purpose. All things, even bad things. God uses everything. There is nothing that God doesn't use in your life. There's nothing that you don't go through in life that God can't use to turn into a blessing for you. There's nothing. And I always say that, you know, at the end of 2019, it was like, it was like, Everything was going so good. And the next thing you know, everything went bad. My wife and I just, you know, bought our house. We, we, we got into this place. We just got into this place. And then, you know, I, I mean, right afterwards, I, I lose my employment. Just like that. Just like, Just like that. And I'm like, God, I don't even, I said, I don't even know what's going on here (laughs) like you know and I remember saying to him I'm walking in my living room and I say to him I say God you know what I said I I said I I really don't understand what's going on I said there's one thing I do know I trust you I said that's all I know right now is all I know I trust you I don't know what's going on I can't rationalize any of this stuff but I trust you and then that's when God spoke to me and said all things work together for good to them, they love the Lord to the called according to his purpose. And that was my word that I had to hold on to. Several months later, three, four months later. Think about it. This is 2019. The pandemic hits. I just, we just got into this place. I had to shut it down. Guess what? The bills didn't stop coming. See, there was there was there was the rental freeze for residential people, but not for commercial. <laughs> that guy want his money every month, and then went up on the rent. <laughs> I mean, like he want his money. P.S.E.G. one day money. Everybody want the insurance one day money. And now I'm like, this place is closed. <laughs> I'm like, and can nobody come in here? And I remember I was in my house. And I did the first service in my house, online. I said, I can't be here, man. I said, I gotta get to that church. Amen. And I called Minister Chaz. I said, I'm going down there, man. You come do praise and worship? He said, I'm coming. You know, So he came. It was just me and him in his place. <laughs> and he would do praise and worship. And then I'd come up and preach. Nobody in here, just to this camera. <laughs> Believe in God. Then we updated I mean, nothing but God. We updated all of our media system, everything. I mean, nothing but God. And people, start, I mean, people started giving that they never stepped foot in this church before. I mean, from Florida, all over the place. I would get checks. I'm like, who the heck is this person? Like, <laughs> it was the wildest thing, you know. Nothing but God. And I mean, personally, and the church, we did better financially than we have ever done. I mean, God started blessing me financially like crazy, man. I mean, you know, I lost that job, but then all these other opportunities opened up for me. And then I looked back and I said, wow. See, if that wouldn't have happened to me, all of these other opportunities wouldn't have been able to happen for me. And, and that's why I see God can take everything that you go through in life. And he just like, he like weaves it together. Good and bad stuff. He just weaves it together and just creates a beautiful life. If you can trust them, and that's why I see. That's why I said you gotta you gotta protect that word. See, there's gonna be all kinds of crazy stuff that's gonna happen, but you gotta you gotta guard that word. You gotta protect it. And here here's Joseph, man. He just got all he got is his word. That's all he got. He's a slave. Then he becomes a prisoner. I mean, there's no hope for this guy. You're going down, brother. you like, you know, you're a rapist. <laughs> you know, Like, you're going down. Like, you they accuse him of rape. But God. See, I think those are the two most powerful words in the Bible. But God. You know, this happened, this happened, this happened. But God. I like that. I like no matter what. I don't care how bad all of this stuff is on the other side. You hit that comma, but God, (laughs) that just changes everything that, that I don't care how bad everything else is. If you can put, but God at the end of it, you're all right. You're going to be all right. And I love that. So, and I just put here, you know, Joseph's great test was to be able to hold on to the word of God and keep trusting and believing it when it didn't appear to be working in his life. That was the test to hold on to that word, even when it looked like it wasn't working. Everything is contrary to that word. Everything's opposite. It's, it's not happening, it don't even, it don't look like it's possible for it to happen. How, how, I'm sure Joseph's sitting there rotting in that prison and thinking, how in the world <laughs> is this dream gonna come to pass? only God and I put here see you must know and understand that the word of the Lord will be tested in your life see I think see that's that's where that's where people they miss it they don't understand that the word is going to be tested see if you prepare for things and you know that this is going to go down then 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 not to say that it's going to be you know what uh, easy road for you. But at least it's like, okay, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, I knew that was going to happen. I mean, I knew the devil was going to try to do something. I knew he was going to try to do something. May not know what something it was, but he's going to do something. And I just have to understand that all he's trying to do is get me to quit. He's trying to get me to to stop believing the word of God. So he's stirring up things that are contrary to the word so i can just say that ain't oh okay that, that's not that wasn't for me i guess and that's why you have to be you have to be so protective over your word can you say amen now i, I, I want to get into a few things i could stay there forever but i, I really i want to teach you some stuff today so first of all i want you to turn to luke chapter 21 verse 33 I'm going to read several, several um, scriptures to you. First thing I want it says here in Luke 21, this is what Jesus says. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. See, the first thing I want you to understand about the word of God, it will not pass away. See, the word of God, there's nothing wrong with the word of God. The word of, the word of God has the power to come to you, pass in your life. He says, heaven and earth will pass away. <laughs> I mean, that, that even heaven can end. He said, but my word... That's that's one thing that will never pass away. It says at the end of at the end of time, you know, the Bible says, you know, God's going to roll up heaven and earth like a scroll. (laughs) But his word will never pass away. Can you say amen? In Psalms 138, two, it says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Listen to this. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. My guy says he a magnified his word above his name. Whew. First Peter 23, I got to give you all this so I can break it down. He says being born again not of corruptible seed or seed that will decay, but of incorruptible seed, by or which is the word of God. So the word of God, the Bible says, is incorruptible seed, which means that it cannot rot, it cannot decay. That word is as good today as it was when it was spoken thousands of years ago. That's how powerful the word of God is. It's still good. It can never rot. It can never decay. It can never wear out. His word is still good. You know, it was written thousands of years ago, but it still has not worn out. It has not. It has not rotten. It is not decayed. It is still as powerful as when God first spoke it. Can you say Amen. And it says the word of God, it lives and it abides forever. In Hebrews 412, it says, for the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person. And both joints and marrow, the deepest part of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. I mean, the, the word of God, I mean, it cuts through everything. <laughs> and I put here, when I was studying the scriptures this week, I heard the Lord say that the word that God gives you, again, must be protected. Or if you don't, it'll be stolen from you or it'll be lost. Now, before I go into protecting the word of God, I want to first talk about the word of God itself. First of all, the word of God is alive, it's active, and it's full of power. Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away, but that my words will never pass away. And God goes as far as to say that he has magnified the word of God even above his name. And as we read those scriptures, the word of God is also considered to be incorruptible seed, which means that it is incapable of decaying or becoming ineffective. Now, with that being said, I want you to know that there is no problem with the word of God. I just want you to understand that. That's the first and foremost. There's no problem with God's word. (laughs) It has the ability to bring to pass anything that it says it can. The word of God will work if you work it. (laughs) It'll work if you work it. So now that we know that the word of God is good, then we must take time to discuss any other potential problems that may hinder it from coming to pass in our lives. There's nothing wrong with the word. It's powerful. It's full of power. It's incapable of decaying. It's incapable of rotting and wearing out. It wasn't more powerful at one time than it is at another. It's it's full of power at all times. And it will work if you work it. Can you say amen? The word of, there ain't nothing wrong with the word of God. So with that being said, if there's nothing wrong with the word of God, and it'll work if if you work it, then there's something about me that needs to be addressed. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, Jesus taught about this in the parable of the sower, which is where I want to spend most of my, a good portion of my time today. And I'm going to try to get through it. I don't know, but I'm going to try to get through it. Mark chapter four, verses 14 through 20. That's where we're going to spend a good amount of our time. And he amplified, it says the sower sows the word or sows the word of God. The good news regarding the way of salvation. It says, and these in the first group are the ones along the road where the word is sown, but when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word which has been sown to them. And it goes on to say, in a similar way, these in the second group are the ones on whom seed was sown on rocky ground, who when they heard the word, immediately received it with joy, but accepted it only superficially, and they have no real root in themselves. Now again, I'm reading the Amplified. It says, so they endure only for a little while, then when trouble, listen to this, or persecution comes bef- because of the word, immediately they are offended and displeased and they stumble and fall away. And it says, "In others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries and cares of the world, the distractions of this age and his worldly pleasures, and the deceitfulness and the false security of wealth and fame, And the passionate desires for all these other things creep in, and the Bible says it chokes the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And those in the last group are the ones on whom seed was sown on the good soil, and they hear the word of God, the good news. And it says, and accept it and bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 times as much as was sown. Now, I really want to get into these different types of ground today. All right. You guys ready for this? Now, the word of God, as Jesus describes it, is like a seed that a sower sows into. Right. We are the ground that receives that seed. We are the ground. Now, today I am the sower of the word. I'm scattering seed right now. Word seed. Call me Farmer G. (laughs) I'm sowing seeds the word of God, right? And you're ground, all of you, everybody in here is ground and everybody is receiving it to different degrees. And again, we're the ground that receives that seed and as I just mentioned, there's nothing wrong with the seed, right? We just said that the word of God is incorruptible seed. With that being said, if it's not the seed that's the problem, it has to be the condition of the ground that determines whether or not the seed will grow. All right? We see here in the parable of the sower that there are four types of ground. We have, right, we have four types of ground. We have wayside ground. We have stony ground. We have thorny ground. And then we have good ground. Right? Now, Now, first of all, I want you to lift your hand and say, "I'm I'm good ground. All right, good, 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 good. That's right. I want you to say, I'm good ground. Now, again, the condition of the ground plays a factor in how someone receives the word of God. And it will determine how that word will grow in the believer's life. Now, before I really describe these grounds, I want to clarify one thing. In God's eyes, all of these individuals are eligible to have the word of God operate in their life. Everybody in here. Well, he's the pastor. That's why he's, no. mm -mm. Everybody in here equally have the same opportunity to have the word of God operate in their life. Nobody's better than anybody else. God don't love nobody in here more than he loves anybody else. Everybody in here has equal opportunity to receive this word and have it work in their life. Can you say amen? amen? All right. I want to make that very clear. Again, God doesn't love anybody over anybody else. Jesus is sowing the same seed. He didn't say, well, let me give this good seed to minister Chaz. Give this bad seed. No, no. He, same seed. He's sowing the same seed. Can you say Amen. amen. So it has nothing to do with God, has nothing to do with the word it has everything to do with the ground and how that ground receives that word seed. That will determine whether or not that seed will produce a harvest or not. Can you say amen? amen. All right. I'm taking my time with this because I want to I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this is going to be life changing because see we have to make a shift in how we receive the word of God so we can make sure that it will it will come to pass for sure in our lives the only you know the bible says that the, you know you shall reap if you faint not <laughs> so the word of God has the power to make sure that you reap but you but there's a responsibility that we have we can't quit cuz it will it will it will Come to if, so it's a condition there. If you don't faint, if you don't give up, if you don't quit. So let's talk about these. Let's talk about these different types of grounds. And if you have any kind of these, if you have any of these kind of uh, qualities on the inside of you, let's deal with it. Let's repent of it, and let's transform ourselves from that type of ground to good ground. Can you say amen? So you have the wayside ground. And I want to show you something. You, you ready for something? God, I mean, God really spoke to me. In Mark chapter 4, verses 3 through 4, you know, so now this is earlier. See, Jesus first taught, when he first taught the parable of the sower, he taught it in a parable. Right? And, and, and then he broke it down to his disciples afterwards. Right? Right? So when he first started talking about it, he said, listen, a sower went out to sow seed. And as he was sowing, some fell by the road. And listen to this. And the birds came and ate it up. Now, later on, he he says that those birds, it was Satan who immediately stole the word. But here he says, the birds came and ate it up. Now I want to show you something. In Genesis chapter 15, verses 7 through 11, this is what he said. You ready for this? I mean, God. It says, and He said to him. Now, God is speaking to Abraham, and He says, and He said to him, "I am the same Lord who brought you out of the Earl of Chaldeans to give you this land as an inheritance." Right? This is the word He's given him. But Abraham said, "Lord God, by what proof will I know that I'll inherit it?" <laughs> you know, Abraham said, "You know, I, I you know, I, I need a little sign here. What's I mean? How do how do I know I'm going to get it?" Now, after all of this, he 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 receives it by faith. But he first he said, "You know how, how how I know I'm gonna get it? I know you said it, but how I know I'm gonna get it?" And it says there, God said to him, "Bring me a three-year-old heifer, and a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon." Now what he's so now see see we may not understand all of this, and I wasn't talking about no heifer. He said, I said, how I know I'm going to get it. You know what I'm saying? He's talking about bring me a half a like, you know, like, how, how I know I'm going to get it. That's my question. But Abraham understood that God was saying, we're about, we about to make a covenant. We're about to cut covenant. And, you know, a blood covenant is the strongest covenant that the Bible has. There's many different covenants, but the blood covenant is the strongest. And we're going to see here that, that see, It says, so Abraham bought all these things. And listen, what he he did. He cut them down the middle. So he cut all of these animals down the middle. And what happened in the blood covenant, the blood runs, right? It's cut in half, and the blood runs in the middle. And then when you cut a covenant with someone, you pass through the middle of that animal that was cut. And you begin to recite the covenant that you have between the two of you. And what you're saying is, may God do this to me if I break this covenant with you. That's what that's what that meant. So Abraham understood that. God, I mean, God is cutting a covenant with him. And, and I mean, he so so he took these animals and he cuts them down the middle. You know, he knows God about to cut covenant with me. But this is what I wanted to get to. This is what I wanted to get to. It says he did all of these things and it says, the birds of prey swooped down on the carcasses, but Abraham drove them away. That's what I wanted to get to. See, because we see there, he says, when 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 I sow the word, he says, the birds, of, the birds come down. And he described those birds to be Satan who came down to take that word. Now here's Abraham about to make covenant with God, and I mean these birds came down to, to eat up that, co- and he drove them away. This is a now this, see this is this is a main point. I'm trying to tell you something today. See when people are wayside ground, the Bible says that Satan immediately comes and takes the word away that's been sown in them. And I'll say this to you: most of the time, Satan can easily steal the word because people feel like they're unworthy of God's blessings. Immediately when they hear the word, Satan convinces them that don't apply to you. You're a horrible person. You're nothing. You're nobody. You're not educated enough. You're not pretty or handsome enough. You know, You know. know. That's not for you. That's for somebody else in the church. That ain't for you. And Satan comes to steal that word. Immediately, the Bible says, before you can even get out this door, the devil has been talking to you and telling you that ain't for you. And I put here, the only way to protect the word from being stolen, if you're this type of person, is to do what Abraham did. When the birds swooped down to steal his word, he drove them away. <laughs> he drove them away. He didn't just let the bird steal his word. He protected it by driving them away. Now, in the spirit, we drive Satan away by rebuking him. So when he starts attacking your mind with crazy thoughts, devil, I bind you. I break your power against my mind in Jesus name. I command you to go from me in the name of that's how you drive him away. You don't sit there and let the devil play with your mind. You don't sit there and just think about all of the lies the devil is telling you. you. You tell the devil you're a liar. I bind you. Get out of my way in Jesus name. You Go from me. That's how you drive them away. See, Abraham drove them things away. You got to drive those crazy thoughts away. You got to drive that, that fear away. Those, 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 those lies that the devil is trying to put on your mind. You got to drive it away. See, we've been getting a, an authority to bind and loose. We can bind the devil. Devil, I bind you. I break your power against my mind in Jesus' name. Now go from me in the name of Jesus. That's how you drive them away get him off of your word don't let him swoop down and steal your word from you see he's he's coming to take it out of your mind you're thinking about yeah god's gonna bless me he comes down god ain't gonna bless you and try to take that word from you why would god bless you you're nobody why would God bless you? You know what you did last night? Why would God bless you? You know what you what how your life you've been you've been living and everything that happened to you in life? Why would God bless? And he tries to steal that word from you. The only way to protect it is to drive them away. Them birds came down, the Bible says Abraham drove them away. And so will you have to. Now, I also want you to understand that Jesus has made you worthy. So stop feeling otherwise. (laughs) I want you to understand that. And you got to understand that neither you nor I on our own without Jesus are worthy of anything. But Jesus is. I know people tell me, you know, say to me, oh, God, you know, know, how am I going to? You know, how am I going to receive that? I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other thing. You know, I'm just not worthy. I said, you're right. You're not worthy. Jesus is. (laughs) And he's made you worthy. You're not worthy because you're so good. You're worthy because Jesus is. Not because you're so good, but because Jesus is. He's made you worthy. So stop thinking that you're unworthy. He's the one that paid the price to make us worthy and to receive God's blessings. So stop looking at yourself and your accomplishments or your failures or whatever and start focusing on what Jesus did and his accomplishments. Can you say amen? Amen. You need to understand you'll never be good enough to deserve anything that God has given you. You'll never be good enough to deserve. I deserve it because I'm so good. No, no. You deserve deserve it because Jesus is so good. Can you say amen? amen? He's the only one that can make you worthy. And as a result of him being so good, See, he exchanged places with us. He took all of our, you know, mess and sin and stuff like that. He took all that and he gave us his righteousness. We're not righteous because we were so good. We're righteous because he made us righteous. And now we live out of that. And we should live a righteous life after that. But he has made us righteous. Can you say amen? amen? And that makes you worthy to receive everything that God has for you. So stop thinking that you ain't worthy enough to receive it. When the devil comes and starts telling you all those crazy lies about you ain't worthy and all that stuff, drive them away. All right, all right. You guys not happy with my message today? If you're wayside ground, you need to drive the devil away. Amen? Now, the second type of ground, the Bible says, was stony ground. In Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. I want you to listen to this. It says there, therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, I'm saying this to you right now today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, don't harden your hearts. And he says, don't harden your hearts as your fathers did in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness where your father's tried me testing me, and saw my works for 40 years. And found I stood their test and it says, therefore, I was angered with their generation. And I said they will always go astray in their heart and they did not know my ways, nor become progressively better and more in- intimately acquainted with them. He says, so I swore in my wrath. They shall not enter into my rest or the promised land. And it says, take care, brothers and sisters, that there not not being any of you, a wicked, unbelieving heart, which refuses to trust and rely on the Lord. A heart that turns away from the living God. My God. See to it that you don't have a heart that is so stubborn that even when you hear the, the word of God, it can't penetrate. That's a stony heart. And he says when, when stony ground individuals hear the word of God, the Bible says, see, they, they immediately receive it with joy. But listen to this. They only accept it superficially or on the surface. It don't get into the heart. In other words, when they hear the word of God, they're excited about the possibilities of that word. They get happy and they say, I received that in Jesus name. The problem is the word was received in the head, but never made it to the heart. See, unless it gets into your heart, the devil the devil can get it. You know the Bible says that in order to get saved, you have you have to believe from the heart. See, there's people that come up here and they say it, they say it from their head, but they don't get into their heart. And see, you can you can be uh, uh, you can be like a spiritual parrot, and I can tell you to say anything. You know, uh, okay. I want you to say, "I'm blessed and I can't be cursed." You know, I rock. I'm blessed. I can't be cursed. You know, like <laughs> like a parrot could do that. <laughs> but they <don't, laughs> But the parrot don't believe it. <laughs> it ain't in the parrot's heart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying they just they're just saying what you say, repeating what you say. In order for you to really live the blessed life is for you to really believe it from the heart that you are blessed. See, when you believe you're blessed, you don't you don't it, it surprises you. <laughs> when things don't work out, it's like, "What? Like what? What?" <laughs> because when you when you know it, you know what I'm saying? Like when you know it, like I go places, I expect to be treated right. I expect favor. Because God said he's giving me his favor. So I, re- I expect it. When somebody acts wrong, I'm like, what's wrong with that person? They don't know who's standing before them. I'm like, <laughs> like, they don't know? They don't know that, that I'm, you know, they got a, a son of, of the most high God standing before them. What's wrong with them? <laughs> I go to motor vehicles. I'd be like, God, in Jesus' name, I know the person's not going to be nasty to me. They're going to give half favor when I walk in that door in Jesus' name. I know I'm going to have favor. I walk inside. I remember last time I walked inside a DMV, this person was so nasty to this other person. I said, My God, man. I get up, man, and, and I come to that person, and I mean it was like, like a light bulb. I mean like a switch. Like and they start treating me good. I said, Well, God to God be the glory. I started favoring that place. Everything was working. Out. I said, Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. See, that's right. <laughs> but see, once you believe that from the heart. See, if you can ever believe from your heart that you are a son or you're a daughter of the Most High God, from the heart, really believe that favor is your portion, that you're blessed, that you're privileged, that you're favored by God. If you really could get that into your heart, things would change in your life. See, but when you're stony ground, see, that, that word comes. But see, stony ground people, they've been so hurt in, their, in the past. They've been, they've been betrayed. They've been lied to, right? And, and, and so when they hear something, they're like, no, no. And that, that word just bounces right off. It, it can't get in because it just, it's like it's like a defense mechanism. It's just bouncing off. And so they may they may get it in their head for a moment, but it don't it can't it can't penetrate that stony heart, and 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 so therefore, like the Bible says, it can't. There's no root. See, before for for a seed to grow, it has to develop a root system. But see, with these people, it's just a good thought, but it never makes it from the mind as a thought to the heart which is the animal's being. They therefore have no real root in themselves. And so they will be, you know, for a little while, they they try to hold on to it. But the moment that trouble or persecution comes because of the word, the Bible says immediately, they are offended, they're displeased, and they fall away. Don't ever, see, don't ever, don't ever believe that you're going to get something from God and the devil is just going to He's going to applaud. Oh, that's, oh, that's wonderful. Yes. Your, your winner is over. Like, you know, like (laughs) the devil is going to attack that. And, and if you got a stony heart, you know, the devil will play on that and he will give you, he'll, he'll give you opposition. You know, I'm develop I'm doing a message, right? I'm really trying to figure out how I'm going to release this, but I'm doing a message. On the fact that, see, on the onset, the devil will attack, right? If you can push past that and you get a victory, then the devil will try to retaliate. (laughs) I'm going to teach you on that. But the only way to protect your word from being stolen, if you're this type of person, is to understand that opposition will always come against the word that you received. The devil's not going to roll over and watch you get blessed. He's going to send opposition against your word to try to make you believe that the word wasn't true. And I put here, just like any other seed, the word requires time to grow. And it's in that waiting period that the devil is constantly on attack because he's trying to take that word from you and and although and the only way to see the only way to protect it is to keep reinforcing the word through continually reading and confessing it over your life because you have to push the seed from your mind into your heart so that it can begin to grow deep root on the inside of you see the bible says the word of god is like a hammer Right, and that's why you know when I minister, you'll hear me say a lot of things over and over and over and over and over again. Reason why is because God is trying to hammer it on the inside of you, He's trying to break up that stony heart. And then one day, you're gonna be like, I get it. (laughs) That's when that word has penetrated and got on the inside of you. And see, that's the only, see, I have certain scriptures that I confess every day. I mean, that I'm talking about for not for a couple of days, years, <laughs> years, like continually confess it, confess it, confess every day. What I'm doing is I'm driving it past my head and into my heart. Because once it can break through, and I can, I really believe it, that's when things will start happening. I, I, you know, I keep pushing that thing in. I just keep beating it down, right? I keep, I keep driving it in. Like a hammer drives a nail in. And every day I'm hitting it. And I'm hitting it. And I'm hitting it. And eventually it just sticks. And it's like, yeah, I got it. So, you know, it starts off with me. I'm, you know, in the name of Jesus. And I'm reading, right? It's in my head. That's all I got is, is head. You know, in the name of Jesus. Blah, 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 you know. Then eventually, man, that thing starts, it's committed to my memory. And I just start, I just, it starts going off. And then, and then what happens is when adversity comes or a situation comes up, that's the word that comes up out of me. See, that's why God could speak to me, all things work together, because that was on the inside of me. I, I, didn't, you know, I didn't have to grab the Bible and say, "Where was I No, I knew it. It was on the inside of me. So when that thing hit me, it, it came out of me. All things work together for good. See, you got to store up the scriptures. For a day that you're going to need it. And that's why you got to see that's why you got to you have to read the word of God daily. Not when you feel like it, you know, daily, you need to read a word and put that word of God on the inside of you. And then when you need it, it'll come out of you. It, whatever's on the inside of you is what, what comes out of you. The reason why some of you curse when you get into a situation is because that's what's on the inside of you. <laughs> If it wasn't in there, it could, if it ain't in the pot, it can't be stirred. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever. whenever a trial and tribulation comes, whatever comes out of you, that was in you. That's what really is on the inside of you. You can say you blessed here, you know, but when you get really hit with a situation, whatever you say then, that's what you really believe. <laughs> that's what you really believe. That's what you really trust in, you know, that, what you just said. And that's why you gotta put the word on the inside of you so when situations like that happen, the word comes out. F don't come out, S don't come out, the word comes out. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what happens when you're, I gotta keep moving, man, I'm like, I'm getting messed up up here, I gotta finish. All right. So that's the second type of ground. The third type of ground the Bible says is thorny ground, thorny ground. Now, in Matthew chapter six, verses 31 through 33, it says, therefore, take no fault saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? And it says, for after all these things, the Gentiles seek. And it goes on to say, for your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, thorny ground individuals are ones who have heard the word of God, but they have worries. And and the cares of this world, it distracts them. They're thinking about worldly pleasures. And the Bible says the deceitfulness and false security of glamor and wealth, or fame. And the passionate desires for all other things, the Bible says, creep in, and they choke the word of God. See, that's what happens with thorny ground Christians. The Bible, the Bible says that, that though all of those other things, all of those other desires, the things that people want, you know, the desires of their heart, it begins to choke the word of God up. And as a result, it becomes unfruitful. So thorny ground people are the ones that put their life first instead of putting God first. Their pursuit of the world and their own personal success becomes more important than their pursuit of God. <laughs> what they don't realize is that the devil has tricked them into these, var- these various pursuits, trying to get them to be fulfilled without God. I told somebody recently that there's a void on the inside of every person that nothing can fulfill but God. Nothing. There's a void on the inside of every person, and people will try to fill it with fortune, with fame, with women, with men, with drugs, with alcohol. Right? They try to fill it. They try to fill it. You try to get some type of, you know, they try to work. Yes, they try. They they try to fill themselves up, but all that happens is they're still empty. Once they, once they get all of that, they're still empty. I had a conversation with somebody It's like, they told me how they finally got certain things that they have been working years for long, hard for, but now they got all that and and they're just empty. And I said, that's because God is not, God is not present. Only God can fulfill that. And see, that's why he says, seek me first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things, all those things you were running after. I give those to you. You ain't got to worry about That's nothing to God. You're running after that stuff. But he says, if you seek me first, I'll give you all that. You know, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. See, you can become rich without God. See, people think that because they start getting uh, financially well off that they're blessed that, that, that's not necessarily a blessing from God because the devil can give you money <laughs> he told he told Jesus if you bow down and worship me i give you all he said he showed them all of the he showed he said he showed them all the kingdoms of the earth in a moment's time and he says if you bow down and worship me i give all you this all to you he says because it's been given to me And Jesus didn't say, you're lying. (laughs) He just said, because it was true. It was given to him. Who gave it to him? Adam. Adam was the little G God of this world. He was in charge of this whole planet. And he turned it over to the devil by obeying him. And so he can give it. He says, I give it to anybody I want. So you see all these people got money. You think they're blessed. They ain't blessed by God. The devil gave them that stuff. You worship me. (laughs) You live for me. I'll bless you. I'll I'll give you all kinds of money if you you serve me. Now, but they're empty. Because it ain't from God. But he says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. There's no sorrow with it because you, you have him along with that. You're fulfilled and you're still prosperous. All right now, but that's what happens when people are thorny ground. They're running after stuff and they know, like they know that they should serve God, but it's like all of this other stuff, the voice of it is louder. So they run and pursue that, and it chokes, the Bible says it chokes the word of God, chokes it out. And it can't become fruitful in their life. They get that stuff, but they're empty on the inside. And he says, if you just seek me first, I'll give you all that. You got to worry about that. <laughs> all right, so those are those, the first three types of grounds. You guys getting something out of this? And some of you may be seeing some of your, your life in this. Don't raise your hand. But some of you may be seeing some of your life in this. And like I said earlier, you know, now we just, all we got to do now is make that transition from being that ground to good ground. And now, so we're going to talk a little bit about good ground, and I'm going to close, all right? Mark chapter four, 4, 23 to 25. And it says there, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear my words. Then he said to them, I want to teach you how to be good come good ground. That's what God showed me. Now let me let me show you this real quick. Now, at the end of the good ground, the Bible says that. And so, hmm, all right, let me go back a little bit. Mark chapter 4, verses 14 to 20, right? It says, in verse 20, it says, And those in the last group, the good ground, are the ones on whom seed was sown on the good soil. And they hear the word of God and accept it and bear fruit. But listen to this. Some 30, some 60, and some 100 times as much as was sown. Now, let me get ready to finish with this. God said, see, you can be good ground, but good ground to varying degrees. He says, you got good ground, but some receive 30 times as much, some 60, some 100. And I put here, (laughs) the good ground individual hears the word of God, they accept it, and they bear fruit. And some will reap 30 times as much, others 60 times as much, and others 100 times. And that says to me this, even when you become good ground, you still can fall short of God's best for your life. Even when you're, if you're good ground but only reap 30 times as much, you're still falling short 70% of God's best. Right At 60 times, you're still falling short 40% of God's best. So the question is, how do I reap 100 times as much? And I believe the key is found in this particular scripture. Now, in Mark 4, 23 to 25, it says, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear and heed my words. Then he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. By your own standard of measurement, listen to this, that is to the extent that you study spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom. Do you hear those two things? To the to the extent Right. You're listening to this. I want you to hear this. To the extent that you study spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom, it will be measured to you and you will be given even greater ability to respond. And more will be given to you besides. And it says, for whoever has a teachable heart to him, more understanding will be given. I want to say something about having a teachable heart. Never think that you know everything. Never think that you learn everything that you need to learn. That's dangerous. Because if you ever lose being teachable, you'll lose your ability to grow and to be able to receive more. That's what Jesus says. Whoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given. And whoever does not have the yearning for the truth, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now with Jesus saying that the two keys that Jesus mentions, that will give you the ability to acquire more is to study spiritual truth and to apply godly wisdom. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get with that. When you study spiritual truth, which is found in the word of God, you will increase your knowledge. When you apply the knowledge of that spiritual truth, you will be practicing godly wisdom, which will lead to more results in your life. If you want more results in your life, you need to learn more of the word of God and begin to apply it to your life. God said to me at the beginning of last year, I think, he said, you've gotten as far as you are right now based upon what you know thus far. And he said, that's good. He said, if you want to stay there, that's fine. He said, but if you want to go further in life, you have to know more. You have to learn more. You have to learn more and you have to apply the spiritual truth more. See, see, knowledge is having the information, but wisdom is putting it to practice. You're considered a wise man when you do the word. See, a lot of people that, that know. You know, if I said, "Do you do you should do you know you should pray every day," everybody would be like, "Yeah, I know that." <laughs> but if I said, Does "Everybody, do you all pray every day?" Some people may say, mm-hmm. <laughs> "Right." And you know, do you know that you need to read the Word of God every day? Yeah, I know that. But do you do it? Right? Do you know that you need to forgive? Right? People that do you wrong. Do you know that? Yeah, I, I know. I know that's what the Bible says. Do you do that? Right? See, I mean, see, I'm talking about knowing spiritual truth. And then, see, that's what Jesus said two things. He says you have to study the spiritual truth, right? That's good if you study it. But then you have to apply godly wisdom, which means putting it to practice. Right? Yeah, I know that person did you wrong, but I want you to do what my word says. I know you don't like it. I don't do a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that the word of God say that I don't necessarily like, (laughs) that I don't necessarily want to do. But I know that if I want to get results, if I want to walk in the blessings of God, I have to do it. I cannot afford to be in unforgiveness. I can't afford it. I can't afford... God not hearing my prayers because I refuse to forgive someone that did something to me. I can't afford that. So he says, if you want to see, you want more results, you got to apply more of this word to your life. You got to take it a step further. You, you, you may get thirtyfold. That's great. But if you want to get to 60, you got to put more of this to practice. You won't ever get to 100, I mean, you don't really have to put this work, I mean, all of this work, you're gonna have to put it to practice. I love that. See, with that being said, if you're good ground, but are only producing 30 times as much, it means that if you wanna produce more, you have to learn more. You're only limited by your knowledge of God's words and principles. That's your only limits. Then you have to take that knowledge and practice godly wisdom, which will bring an increase of results in your life. Then you'll be the good ground individual that is able to receive 100 times as much. See, we, we, we're talking about, see, it's something else, right? It's talking about we're moving from all of these different grounds there's having a hard time even receiving. But even when you start receiving from God, you still got to go deeper. And that's why I, I always say, nobody, nobody has it all. And that's why it's so important that you got to keep a teachable spirit and you got to have open ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, because God will give you keys to go further. That's why I go, that's why I personally still go to um my spiritual father's church every Sunday morning. Because I need. I need to be preacher. I need to hear the word of God. I need to still learn. Right? I, I, so I go there and I sit there. So I can I can learn. So yeah, even as a pastor, you need you need to continue to be teachable. And so as I conclude this, and you can get on the piano, I'm done. As I conclude this, you know, I wanted to say again that God wants you to protect the word that He's given you. See, you need to think about everything that God has said to you, right? And you need to, you need to guard it. I mean, put like a wall of fire around it. And keep the devil off. When he tries to swoop down, you got to drive him away. You can't. You cannot let the devil play with your mind, and you just sit there and you don't do nothing. You don't say nothing. You know, I heard an example one time. Somebody said, "The devil said, if you if you were standing at a bus stop, and you know, you're a woman, and a man comes over to you." And start putting his hands all over you. Would you let him do that? What would you do? Get your right right? If somebody just that like, you don't know them They just put their hands like like No, I'm serious, right? You probably you those curses will probably come out, right? <laughs> but you know how to know how the devil put his filthy hands on you? Through thoughts. That's how he puts his filthy hands all over you through thoughts, and it's like, and, and you gotta be like that woman that's standing at the bus stop. The devil try to put his filthy hands over you. Get off of me, right? You wouldn't be nice about it, would you? Please, you know, like, like you know, like devil start messing you. Would you leave me alone, <laughs> please? Leave me alone, like you know. You wouldn't do that. <laughs> you wouldn't do that please, Mr. Devil, would you, you know, get off of me. Right, you're driving away. Get your hands off of me. And that's what you got to do when the devil tries to swoop down try to steal the word that God put in your heart. You got to drive him away. Can you say amen? All right, I'm going to get ready to close. Lift your hands to the Lord. I pray you receive something today from this word. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we just, we thank you. We praise you. We bless and worship you. We glorify. We thank you, Father, for your word today. I know. I really believe in my heart that this was a word in season for the people here. That we need to learn how to protect the word of God that you have sown on the inside of us. I decree over everybody that's here today that they are good ground in the name of Jesus. And, Father, right now we repent, even right now in the name of Jesus, for being wayside ground, for being stony stony ground, or being thorny ground. We repent, Father, in Jesus' name for allowing the enemy to come in and steal the word that was sown into our hearts. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will grant us the grace going forward to hear the word of God, to receive the word of God, to believe the word of God, to let it be sown deep into our hearts so that it will become the harvest that it needs to become in our lives. Father, we trust and believe that your word will come to pass. It will work. If we work it, if we put it to practice, it will come to pass. There's nothing word with the, wrong with the word of God. The word of God is full of power. It's incorruptible seed. It has the ability to bring to pass everything that we could dare believe it to bring to pass. All we have to do is guard it and protect it from the enemy that may be coming to try to steal it from us. Grant us the grace to drive the enemy away when he comes to steal the word of God, when he comes to choke the word of God and stop it from penetrating into our hearts. Grant us the grace to drive the enemy away. And Father, for we thank you, we bless you, we give you glory, we give you praise in Jesus' mighty and matchless name. Amen. Amen. Now, come on, let's just give Jesus a praise. Amen. 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 God, we thank you for your word. Amen. 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 I pray that helped you. I pray that that was something that you receive and that when the enemy comes knocking at your door, (laughs) you'll send him packing in Jesus' name, that you will no longer let the devil put his filthy hands all over you through negative words, amen, amen. Amen.